when you're listening to the podcast in conversation with IPR and competition law india's first exclusive podcast on competition law widely listened in more than 50 countries and now we are based in white competition admissions professionals and competition authorities on our podcast to discuss the law trends and jurisprudence i am aditya trivedi founder and head of the competition team of the podcast and your host i'm ritika ghosh senior fellow at the podcast and your co-host Let's welcome our esteemed guest for today's episode, Mr. Michel Kabamano. Welcome, sir. I would take pride in introducing sir as the partner in Denton's Rome office and the head of Italian competition and antitrust practice. He is founder and co-director of the Trento Summer School on Advanced EU Competition Law and Economics. He provides national and multinational companies with legal advice and judicial assistance in all aspects of Italian, Spanish and European competition law, consumer law, state aid law, merger control, antitrust issues related to tender procedures and market regulations. He advised local, national and EU institutions on legislative and regulatory proposals related to competition and consumer laws. He mentioned in the Super Lawyers and Super Law Firms in Italy rankings of Milano Finanza Class Editorial of 2023 for competition law. We're extremely delighted to have you with us here and looking forward for a wonderful conversation. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So let us start the conversation. So as we are discussing today competition law and foreign it's a very topic in competition law and very important topic to be discussed. So my first question is that what are foreign investment screening laws all about and what are the interactions between competition law and foreign regulations? Well, foreign investment screening laws aim to protect national security and public order. It's purely um public order uh, rule which um, uh, is uh, set up uh, at a constitutional level in most jurisdictions uh, and respond to the uh, basic needing of uh, every uh, legal and economic system to uh, protect its uh, economy its uh, legal order its um, economic security, uh, security of uh, supply, security of uh, people uh, as a consumers as, and entrepreneurs operating in the legal system. Um, being a public order law, and if we imagine uh, the law protecting uh, the market as a framework, this is a super framework protecting uh, what happens in the market, the interaction between FDI, as we call foreign investment screening laws, and competition law are very, are very important. From one end, they uh, pursue the same objective because, as I said, protecting the legal order means uh, uh, protecting the investments from uh, outside uh, countries, from, out, from investors from outside jurisdiction from one hand and from the other hand protecting competition law means assuring um, an open environment to entrance uh, for uh, new companies new uh, uh, entrepreneurs 
uh, and this is, uh, um, in other words, uh, uh, a way to make the market real functioning, enhancing efficiency, enhancing uh, lower prices for market operators and at the, at the last instance for consumers, promoting innovation, promoting also in a certain way uh, democracy. Um, because as we know, competition law aims to protect the competitive dynamics in the market. So at a certain point, these two main constitutional objectives, protection of the legal order and protection of competition may collide. Um, and this is why we are assisting to um, some challenges between uh, the so-called new protectionist wave across the globe and uh, some criticism from competition law experts that this new wave of FDI could undermine an open and effective competitive markets. Uh, but in principle, both pieces of law, which as I said, are both set, aimed to protect the opening of the market pursue the same objective, but it's sometimes they may collide. Thank you for your insights, sir. I think you have uh, wonderfully put it out there for the listeners uh, to have a very fair understanding of the intersection or I should put the correlation of FDI when it comes to addressing risks and security interests, uh, particularly in um, cleaning reviews and merger control. So thank you for that. Uh, moving on, I would love to know your insights or um, you know how you would explain the key features of FDI regulation in Europe. Sure. In Europe, uh, we have uh, um, several legislation at the national level. Uh, official statistics counts for 21 national legislations uh, aimed to protect national order and uh, security. Um, we do not have a unique law EU-wide. And so this is the main feature. So we have a decentralized system of FDI laws based at national law. And this is clearly because the, national, the protection of national interests is something that should be done at national level. But on the other side, we do have a regulation which was enacted back in 2019 uh, and has several key features. First of all, uh, this regulation creates a, a cooperation mechanism uh, between member states and the European commissions, which are now able to exchange information and raise concerns related to specific investments which take place in one member state. So the first feature is the creation of a cooperation mechanism. The second key element is the possibility for the Commission to issue opinions when an investment um, represents a, a, a threat for the security of public order in more than one member state. So the Commission has the power now to intervene in the national screening procedure with written uh, opinions. On the other side, also member states can intervene within this cooperation mechanism to submit opinions. 
um, when they feel that the, uh, the uh, prospective investment in one country may rise national security concerns in its own country. So the second feature is this, the possibility for the member states and the Commission to intervene in a constructive way during the screening, which remains, as I said, national. The, the third element is that uh, uh, this, um, this regulation encourages the member states who do not have yet a, a screening to uh, set up a screening. As I said, uh, most, the vast majority of member states already have in place uh, a, a mechanism for scrutiny of the foreign investment screening, but, and, 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 but someone does not have, and so the remaining member states are highly encouraged by this regulation to adopt a brand new uh, one. Uh, the Commission um, uh, and, uh, but in principle, the, 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 the institutions at the European Union level has also underlined through this regulation the key features that every national um, mechanism uh, should have. I will list the, the, the most important. First of all, the transparency of rules and procedures. In Europe, all FDI mechanisms screening are informed on the basis of the rule of law. We are talking about administrative proceedings. In Europe, there is no space, strictly speaking, to political decisions related to the exercise of special power under FDI. So the first key element that it is clearly set up in the regulation is that every member state should adopt a mechanism which is based on the rule of law. And so this means transparency of rules, transparency of procedures, non-discrimination among foreign investors, confidentiality of information exchanged within the proceeding and within the network uh, of member states, uh, the possibility of judicial review. This is very important. A key element of the system of the FDI in Europe is the possibility of judicial review. Every party which has an interest should be able to go in court and ask for a full review of the decision uh, by which the government has exercised the special power. Special power could be, and this is another feature, uh, the veto, so the, uh, the, the decision by which the state block the transaction or the decision by which the government impose certain con conditions to the transaction in order to be realized. Of course, in principle, uh, entities represented the majority of the decision, uh, of the decision issues at the European Union level, uh, there is also the possibility for the government to clear the transaction without any, um, without any position of conditions. And the last element which characterizes the uh, regulation is uh, the, mm, the description of measures to identify and prevent circumvention by foreign investors. This is very important. The European Union issued clear guidelines for member states to avoid or to detect at early stage any attempt 
of formal circumvention by foreign investors of such rules. Again, another similarity with competition law we mentioned in the beginning uh, relates to the procedure. We are under administrative procedures subject to rules of law and informed by a substantial scrutiny, not a mere formal scrutiny. This, I think, are the most uh, important features of uh, the system in Europe. Right, sir. Thank you so much for explaining to us about the Europe-wide legislation as well as the status of member states and the legislative processes there. Uh, thirdly, could you also please highlight the intersection between FDI screening and merger control review and potential tensions arising from common concerns? How cooperation FDI control authorities could help in cases where there is a possibility of decisions impinging even uh, slightly and indirectly on security related vice versa? Very important uh, doubts that a lot of lawyers and practitioners and clients they have. I agree this is a very important topic uh, this is most uh, uh, is, is one of the most uh, relevant and I, I would say uncharted yet uh, areas of interaction between uh, FDI screening and merger control laws um, my, my impression is that uh, as, as I said in the beginning if everything goes well, uh, uh, FDI screening and merger control should proceed in parallel. Uh, and should proceed in a very simple way, because if a transaction is notified, is communicated under merger control rules, and at the same time falls within the duty to notification under uh, FDI rules, the um, the, 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 the the rule prevent the, the rule uh, the, sorry the, the first uh, rule who says that this transaction is contrary to one of the other set of rules should prevail. In other words, if a merger control um, does not poses any um, problem, under the competitive restraints, in other words, in Europe does not create or enforce a dominant position, and it is cleared under the merger control review, but at the same time, it poses risk, actual risk for national security, even if this transaction is cleared under merger control, it should be vetoed under FDI rules, and vice versa. If the transaction does not pose any problem under FDI rules, it means it's completely neutral from the national uh, security and public order, but it poses problems of competition in, because it strengths or creates a dominant position in the market, it should be vetoed or it should be object of remedies under merger control. So this is the normal the normal scenario where uh, the, 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 the so-called forbidden rule should prevail. Okay? The problems are, in, uh, uh, as always, in the gray area. So uh, when, for instance, the, um, the, 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 there is a problem of national security, uh, but 
there is also a problem of competition law. So what happens in case of remedies? So the main, um, the main problems which are still to be resolved relates the interactions between remedies or conflicting remedies in these two procedures. So it could happen, for instance, that a remedy which is perfectly suitable under FDI uh, laws, for instance, a duty to ensure uh, the, um, the provisions of certain goods uh, which are critical in a certain country for a long period of time, could be conflicting under uh, competition laws because maybe uh, this remedy should create or enforce a dominant position or uh, could restrict the market output or could restrict competition in the, uh, in the market of the uh, acquisition of the products subject to the uh, conditions imposed by, by the FDI uh, authority. So here, uh, and uh, as I said, there is no rule now at the moment. I think that a common sense should prevail. And so the cooperation, the authorities should cooperate during the proceeding, uh, everyone in pursuing its own aim, its own objective, which, as I said, are completely different because antitrust law, uh, laws and, um, and merger control laws specifically are aimed to protect the competitive dynamics in the market and FDI laws are aimed to protect national security and public order. So each authority from its own privileged perspective and authority should decide, but a way of, of, of cooperation between these two authorities should be set in order to avoid conflicting uh, decisions and uh, in order to avoid uh, uncertainty. Because as you mentioned, the most, uh, um, the most uh, uh, dangerous situation in this case is to create uncertainty for uh, investors who are uh, maybe uh, under a big question mark when they are planning uh, big uh, investments uh, uh, in Europe, but also in uh, the global level. Um, and I think this this should be should be resolved uh, on a case by case basis, but also with some guidelines from uh, uh, which could be issued by the European Union institutions in order to prevent potential conflicts between uh, not only the procedure the procedures which are independent but uh, for the outcome of this uh, of these procedures and uh, uh, one final remarks here what is important is the uh, timing of procedure of the procedures uh, we see uh, that one of the key elements uh, uh, at least uh, as a policy perspective of the european union is to have a fast procedure in reviewing um, fdi uh, investments um, but it's also true that uh, we know in, that in practice some, ju some jurisdictions uh, takes so long time, months, to, to get a final decision. And this, uh, the issue of the timing is key in order to ensure an open access to the markets and in order to assure also the rule of law. So a coordination also on timing, it is critical for um, for the well-functioning of these two very important areas of law. Very well appreciated. Thank you so much, sir. I think 
a very crucial key takeaway that i can take from it insights is that cooperation amongst um fdi and merger control authorities is crucial because aligning objectives like you mentioned and addressing overlapping concerns have a balanced approach and preventing conflicts uh, and uh, moving towards fostering a harmonized regulatory environment is what we should strive for considering uh, both economic competition and national security interests so uh that brings me to the very next question of um how would you perceive or uh, what kind of role do you think european commission uh takes place in the scope of judicial review and uh, what would how would you look at in uh, that lens as I, as i said judicial review is one of the key features in our system in europe and uh, our experience uh, um, that we see uh, in the in the first years of of the application of this of these rules is that parties are pleading in court uh, um some decisions where they uh, where they received a negative uh, decision by the government in form of the veto or in form of uh, special conditions so this is a good thing uh, judge should be uh, able to have a full review of this kind of decision because as i said in our legal system the uh, the political decision was to have A, a, a technical scrutiny on this uh, matter which as we discussed is uh, uh, at the very um, is, is a very mixing water between pol- geopolitics and and law um the, the european commission at the moment uh, has been very vigilant uh, in order to ensure that uh, all member states um, have adopted a, a, a national uh, rules uh, national rules national scrutiny which are informed to the key elements that i mentioned um, a few minutes ago um, but also the european commission has been vigilant in order to avoid any attempt by member states and we have a recent decision regarding a new ca- in, in a case in hungary uh, where the hungarian government vetoed a decision with uh, the transaction taking a decision based on nation, national uh, rules on protecting from foreign investors uh, but at the same time that decision according to the european commission was in contrast with the merger regulation provisions which uh, Uh, as you know sets the uh, the exclusive competence for uh, the european commission to to authorize or to scrutinize a transaction which falls within the uh, eec european commission uh, jurisdiction so the european commission is very vigilant here uh, it's clear that the the approach is to intervene every time member states are using um fdi rules uh, in a distorted way either with a broader definition of what is a foreign investor please remember that according to regulation a foreign investor is an investor from a country third uh, outside the european union so not a, ca- a country which is a member of the european union but we know that several member states uh, hungary but also italy and in certain sense also spain um, has a, a different interpretation here they clearly say that extra that, that sorry investor uh, which is a, a, a foreign investor also includes 
investors from intra-EU, so from the EU. So the Commission will be very vigilant in order to see if every time these rules, which have a stricter definition of foreign investor, will be applied against intra-EU investors. Uh, and second, the European Commission will will be and is very vigilant on every um, wider, this time wider, interpretation of what is intended for national security and the protection of, uh, um, of it. Because uh, in, as the, the Hungarian case demonstrates, uh, the European uh, Commission didn't share the view that uh, the uh, transaction which fold, uh, followed in the uh, construction materials area was deemed uh, as a proper national security uh, threat. And so, again, what we have seen and uh, now uh, in these first years of the application of these rules is uh, a very vigilant role of the European Commission and we will see also from the European courts uh, in order to guarantee a proper application of such rules within the European Union. Perfect. I think you have very secondly mentioned about uh, European Commission's role and especially in the lens of judicial review. Um, as we further discussed Europe, um, Please, could you mention the global trends in FDI screening and competition law concerns arising out of them? Sure. We uh, Moving from the European Union to the global context, uh, we can say that things uh, are following a common path. There is uh, a global trend uh, across the globe to reinforce uh, the FDI screening uh, laws. Um, this global trend uh, is uh, mostly re- related to uh, geopolitical tensions uh, and we if we go back uh, analyzing the data uh, we can see that starting from 2019 the number of countries which uh, uh, adopted a brand new mechanism of FDI screening or simply reinforced an existing one has increased exponentially. Uh, According to the UNCAD, in uh, in 2020, 63% of global investment flows were subject to a screening regime. Um, And uh, uh, this number was uh, uh, even higher in 2021. This tells us that uh, um, countries are, uh, are considering very important the screening of uh, uh, what is happening within their legal and economic system. I must say that this is not nothing new in the history of, uh, of the humanity. <laughs> Think, for instance, that uh, um, thousands of years ago in ancient Greece, foreigners were prevented to buy property or to uh, buy real estates um, uh, and uh, similar restrictions in uh, the trade flows uh, were um, were enacted by romans uh, when uh, they uh, forbidden or limited the possibility for um, uh, for all merchants from countries where, uh, where which have deemed hostile 
to, to have commercial deals with Romans. So this is not new in the history of humanity, but it's something that uh, tells us that uh, this new attention, this new focus on uh, what is happening in uh, national uh, legal and economic order really, really is under new scrutiny. Please be also aware of this. Scrutiny does not mean necessarily exercise of the, the, the special power. Uh, the scrutiny does not merely mean that the transaction is vetoed or is subject to conditions. If you see these numbers, if you see the numbers where uh, this, the, the, the transaction were scrutinized. We are talking about very important numbers. We are, as I said, I mean, 63% in 2021 of transactions were, were scrutinized worldwide. But if you see the numbers of decisions that have been issued by the, by the states globally, uh, imposing a veto or imposing conditions, this rarely arrives to 1%. So this means that despite this increase in uh, scrutiny, uh, the number of restrictions in, uh, in the transaction remains, and I think it is a good thing, it's a good sign, it's a good number, very, very low at the moment. So um, I think that the global trends uh, are, 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 are coherent, but they are uh, related to the severe geopolitical tensions that we are living in, the, in these decades. And I think that FDI is here to remain for, for the future also. Absolutely, I agree with you. And um, I uh, really resonate with how you've highlighted how many countries are strengthening their FDI screening mechanisms to uh, safeguard strategic se sectors and technologies. And uh, this particular trend has gained momentum, uh, particularly in the context of geopolitical dynamics, like rightly mentioned by you. Thank you for that insight. Um, moving forward in context of global protectionism and uh, intertwining of techno-nationalism with inward FDI screening, how do these international organizations such as uh, WTO cope up with the challenges posed by the abuse of competition policy as a strategic weapon? Uh, moreover, if I should say that how might the establishment of a supernatural competition authority be uh, considered in addressing the negative complementarity between national competition authorities and protectionist policies? Uh, thank you. Uh, well, I think that uh, it is very unlikely uh, at the moment, at the current stage of, um, of the of the global trend that we just mentioned, it's very unlikely that a supranational authority will be in charge of uh, dealing with, uh, with these issues. Um, but it's true that uh, the WTO should have something to say here, uh, because um, uh, it, it's, it, on, from one hand, um, FDI screening are national in scope, so no one could say to a, to a member state or to a state in general, uh, look, uh, I tell you what is critical for you uh, to protect your own um, economic order, to your legal order. So this is a very difficult to, to have a broader view. But on the, on the other side, I think the WTO or in general international cooperation among member states should reach a common understanding 
to the limit that this uh, um, that this kind of screening should have. Uh, of course, we uh, we cannot expect a consensus, unanimous at the global level, but at least. Uh, a consensus among the countries which are part of uh, um, of, of WTO should be, should be found. And should be found, uh, I think, not uh, in, uh, um, in uh, favoring uh, simply the, uh, the free of trade principle, but declining the free of trade principle with a um, reasonable uh, concept of national security and public order. Uh, in this perspective, I think that uh, the European Union regulation uh, that I just mentioned, uh, the, the, the regulation of 2019, is a fair compromise uh, between the opening of the market, because at the global level, we still need open, uh, we still need to keep market open, but on the same time to protect what are the fundamentals of, uh, of the markets. Uh, which means freedom of entrance, freedom of exit, uh, freedom of movement of capitals, uh, and uh, uh, all this, and again we, we, we go back to the importance of protecting competition, deals with uh, the fundamentals of competition. So again, a synthesis of this concept should be made, at least as a non-binding um, in my view, non-binding principles at WTO in order to guarantee uh, the economic growth and uh, the, uh, the flow of democratic principles uh, uh, across uh, the globe will be constant also for the future years. Right, thank you so much, sir. Uh, so, discussing this further, as foreign investment screening remains one of the factors that might influence how tightening of national mechanisms would affect by competition in the market. What is your opinion on this? Yeah, well, there is. It's very difficult to 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 exactly uh, detect the impact of the. Uh, foreign investment screening laws uh, on the inbound uh, uh, investment flow. Uh, but if, if, for instance, the numbers here can be uh, a little bit misleading because if you see, for instance, the, pub the data that has been published by the European Commission in uh, the third annual report on FDI, you can see that uh, um, the European Union is uh, losing uh, uh, its uh, uh, grip on foreign investor investments. Uh, the, the, the number of uh, um, foreign invest investments that uh, arrived in, in the European Union, so I'm referring to EU member states 27, in 2022 was sensible below the levels of 2021. Is this imputable only to the screenings of um, uh, the mechanism screenings that are in place in member states? I don't think so. Uh, there are other elements that should be considered, and uh, these are economic, uh, econometric, and economic elements like the high inflationary rates, um, the cost of the money, 
the tensions that are not related globally to the FBI, but are related to the two wars that we're seeing now in the global scenario. Uh, this is related to the to the to the, to the uncertainties that uh, some investors are um, are experiencing in the in the global in the global market. But um, I'm with you. I mean, there is a relation. There is a relation, but it's very very difficult to to, to detect. Uh, what could be done? to be sure that uh, um, FDI uh, flows as investments should not be undermined by the FDI screening uh, mechanism. I think that the key is to have a, a clear set of rules, a clear way to apply these rules, maybe guidelines that should be issued in order to uh, eliminate any ground or in, in the possible way of course of uncertainty for investors to decide when where and when to um, make investments uh, in europe and across across the globe um, i'm saying this because my perception is that the tendency that we are registering in europe of uh, um, uh, uh, of broadening the scope of the law on FDI uh, could really undermine in the in the next future the ability to attract foreign investors. Uh, why this? Because there is uncertainty if uh, a, a transaction falls within the scope of the FDI law, and it is, there is uncertainty on if the transaction falls within the scope of the law, if the government uh, in one of the member states will uh, raise the hand and exercise its special power. Why there is uns this uncertainty? Because the rules are very broad and the case law is not so uh, explicit. And I must say that uh, despite of the publication of the annual report at the European Union level and reports by national member states, what is missing here is an exhaustive database of all decisions which could provide as a guidelines for the, uh, the lawyers, but also the uh, consultants and, and the ultimate point by the entrepreneurs to understand if there is a real problem of national security uh, or public order or not in the transaction. This is key, this is vital in order to avoid that a link between the, uh, the, the less attractiveness of investment in a country is related to the severe uh, approach in scrutinizing, in scrutinizing, uh, scrutinizing the uh, investment by the government. Absolutely, I think uh, you've rightly uh, pointed out the challenges and also how broad international consensus and cooperation is the way ahead in fostering a more transparent and uh, globally coordinated approach. Um, furthering the conversation, according to you, what measures should be taken to strike a balance between um, openness to FDI and the protection of national interests so as to ensure promotion of competition in the domestic market? 
I think that the balance has been already made by by the legislator. As I said in the beginning, uh, in my view, um, the protection of national security and public order does not contrast with the aim of uh, protecting uh, competition in the sense of having uh, the possibility of inflow investment and to guarantee that inflow investment will foster competition in the market once they are in. So in principle, the two policies are not in contrast. Uh, The big question mark here is the application, as we were discussing through the podcast. So the balance between the openness to FDI and the protection uh, of of national interest, uh, and on the other hand, the protection of competition, is in the um, uh, in the um, uh, way the government will interpret these rules, and it is the best interest of the same states to interpret these rules in a proportionate way, in an uh, and taking measures to protect national interest only where it is strictly necessary. Why is this? Because every state needs to grow and to prosper, to attract foreign investments. And this is particularly important, especially in a a market situation like we are experiencing, where uh, there is an extremely need of fresh capitals to promote the development of the countries. So I think that the governments should be very realistic here and raise the hand only occasionally, only when national interests are in peril, are in danger. And uh, uh, if you read the, 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 last, uh, uh, the last annual report, uh, the, there are cases where correctly the member state raised the hand and said, look, this is a problem for, for the national security and public order, so I veto this decision. But as I said, this is the last resource um, uh, decision. This is should this should be used this this tool only where strictly necessary and only in case of real danger for the public order. Otherwise, the member state is for sure pursuing. Um, an interest of protecting its own its own uh, country but at the end of the day it is a, a, a false positive because uh, the cost of this overreaction is to make the country poorer and the consumer with the less choice and the employees with the less alternatives and at the end of the day the cost of having a misguided application of FDI rules is very, very high for the the states at stake. That's a very important observation. Mm -hmm. After discuss this, we say that FDI has become a cornerstone of global economic integration. What's your view in balancing the interests of member countries in, in attractive investment national security and fear 
Uh, well, I think, as I said, I mean, the, uh, the attention of states uh, to scrutiny what is going on in its, um, in its uh, legal and economic order is legitimate. And as I said, it's something that dates back in the history since the Greek and Romans. So it's something that is there and uh, should remain. Um, on the other side, uh, the more uh, open is the economy, the more um, open is the inflow and outflow of uh, investments, more prosper is the economy. This is again another matter of fact. Um, so the, um, the fact that for, for decades we assisted to uh, um, an almost uh, unscrutinized or scrutinized with, with a very, very high level focus, uh, the flow of investment in, in Europe is in Europe and in, globally. It's something, again, as a matter of, of fact. Now the world apparently is changing. Now the uh, world apparently is more aware of the consequences that even in the democracy, uh, a, a foreign investment, which is made by an investor linked to a non-democratic country, to a country with the link with the ter- terrorism, with a country where there is no full protection of human rights like freedom of speech. Have a look at what is happening in the in the Britain in the, in this in these weeks regarding the proposed acquisition of the Telegraph, which is a leading newspaper by a, um, by a foreign investor. Um, there is a lot of discussion there. If a, an investor which is based in a country which apparently does not guarantee the freedom of speech is entitled to buy a newspaper in, the, in Britain. So this is uh, critical because uh, in these cases uh, the states should reason around the protection of national interests, but should reason at the same time if the protection of national re- uh, interests should be protected uh, better using other pieces of law. For instance, the use of constitutional rights or the use of ad hoc legislation, which in some countries uh, are exactly there to promote the, and to protect the freedom of speech and plurality of media just to make an example. So, um, again, I think that we need a mature approach on FDI. Um, and, uh, uh, and it is, as I said, in the best interest of the same state to strike a right balance. But it's difficult to say ex ante what right is. Uh, on a case-by-case analysis between the protection of a real national security claim near a real uh, national uh, security of the public and economic order, and on the other end, the freedom of competition, the freedom of entrance in a market, which should, which, which still is and should remain, in my view, a reference guide for the uh, for taking the decision so um, it's true that we are uh, assisting to the so-called new protectionist wave 
but this new protectionist wave should be correctly understand by the same member state as a mature approach to FDI screening and not um, uh, and not accept the temptation to close the borders of uh, of national economies uh, economies not only at the European Union level but globally because at the end of the day the this will prejudice the uh, economic growth the democracy and the prosperity of the countries that, as you remember, as you recalled in, the, your, in your question, uh, has characterized uh, the globalized econ- economies for, for decades, uh, but even centuries. Right. Thank you so much, sir. It has been lovely hearing you interacting with you on this very important topic and very interesting observation important to strike a balance as you said between protectionism globalization balancing uh, fdi regulation laws regulations respectively it's very important and serves well in advocating for the cause advocating for this subject and contributing to the jurisprudence or which i suppose that it is very in the subject itself is very niche especially in countries like india we do not interact a lot on this particular subject so let us hope for a good feedback on this podcast and we again your time and for this podcast and we hope to we look forward to host you soon again in future yes yeah, so thank thanks you. for having me it was lovely hosting you thanks for having me Right. So thank you so much. We'll write an email to you about the further details. We'll share this podcast on Sunday this weekend, and uh, we'll share the links also. Excellent, excellent. So good luck for for everything, and thanks for 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 hosting this interesting uh, debate. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Bye. With the same connected. Bye bye. Bye. Thank bye. you.